Welcome to HR in the Car with Miriam Duchesne and Tom Shin of Alant Workforce Solutions, where exciting HR professionals and business leaders share laughter, insider stories, and maybe even a few tears about HR in today's world. Buckle up for the best half hour of your week. I love our next guest. She's been in this HR slash career realm for so many years. When I think of career readiness, this is who I think of. Absolutely. And in addition to that, I have personal firsthand knowledge with the students that she's been making career ready and how they have benefited a lot. So it's going to be really exciting to talk to her. Suzanne O'Connor is our next guest. Listen in. You're going to enjoy this conversation. Thanks for joining us, Suzanne. She's the Associate Director for Career and Internship Center at Siena College. So welcome to HR in the Car, Suzanne. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We're so thrilled to welcome you on the show. I know we've been at this for a little bit now, but you were one of the people that we were seeking, and I'm so glad that you reached out to us to join us uh, this afternoon. So one of the things we like to start folks out with is more of a casual introduction. When you go to a cocktail party or a summer barbecue Mm -hmm. and folks ask, hey, what do you do? How do you describe that? Okay, sure. I work with college students who I love. And what I do is help them find their way. People assume as a career counselor that I write their resumes for them, but there's so much more than that. And also this generation is often uh, flummoxed by what their next step will be. (laughs) I love that term, flummoxed. So um, that's really the main thing I do. I also attend a lot of meetings, a lot of planning, but um, I really think it's, it's a gift to be able to guide these young people. I love it. So tell us a little bit more about the Career Readiness Initiative sure, sure. and, and why, why people would be interested in why is it yeah, so important yeah. for business that CNN is doing this in the college to get um, these students ready. Sure, sure. And as recruiting professionals, you should both appreciate this. Yes. The initiative started about seven years ago. A national survey was done and it ranked eight particular skills that employers told career professionals they were looking for in young people. Mm -hmm. And I can just tell you what they are, and I think they should ring true Mm -hmm. to you and your listeners. Uh, Communication, critical thinking, equity and inclusion, career and self-development, professionalism, leadership, technology, and teamwork. So the reason we at Siena started to get involved in this is we had gotten feedback from employers that our students on their resumes had done really interesting things, but they can't articulate them in a language that employers Mm. speak. Yep. So that's really the gist of what we've been doing. And we've introduced it in various parts of the campus. And now we're at the point where we're bringing it into academics. So, for example, a uh, philosophy class might be able to say to students, look, this assignment is going to help you with your critical thinking skills. Mm, So they make the connection for the students so that when a student is interviewing, they have an example of of they I can't just say I'm a problem solver. They have an example of how I they did this when, and I did right, this here, right. and I did this there. I yeah. run into that even with my own kids. I don't know if you do, Mary. Oh, but absolutely. My absolutely. kids are always well. You know, you try to have them articulate something, and you're like, "Yeah, I did that." Yeah. Or when they're writing a paper or something, you're just wondering, "Where's Where's the backstory? Right. How right. are you going to prove that you did yeah. this? Oh, I did this yeah. in this class and this and yeah. I'm like, that's yes. what needs to be on yes. a piece of paper." Yes. <laughs> and and one of the most common answers is, "I'm a people person." 
when you ask mm-hmm. what your strength oh, is. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, you're not working in the <laughs> animal community. <laughs> so, but they have to be able to articulate their communication skills and an example of where they did that, mm-hmm. not just... I like people. It's so important. I mean, we get feedback from employers all the time that a person couldn't articulate what they did in Mm -hmm. their class project or their internship or their last job. And there's only so much as recruiters we can do to help advocate. I mean, it really is up to the individual to land their job. And the only way they're going to be able to do that is through all of these competencies and being able to demonstrate those competencies in an actual interview setting and then in a work setting. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting um, because this resonates through so many different things. Because when you think about all the different jobs that even a lot gets into our office, Everybody always thinks, oh, technology skills or programming skills or, you know, math skills or science skills, whatever it is. But the reality is you just listed off eight things that had nothing to do with a degree or a line of work. It encompasses every single job, every single industry. They're like, duh, no-brainers to you and I. But it's fascinating that even employers nationally are saying, you know, we don't care as much about SQL or Java. We care they, about they teamwork. They can teach you and, that. Right, right exactly. Right. These are the skills that we want our students to be able to say, I'm already developing these. They yep. might not all be strong. One of the things we do is we have them rank them and to give an example of where they develop the skill, but also to maybe take their lowest ranked one or their second lowest mm-hmm. and talk about how they can further develop this. I know teamwork is probably something that your clients all talk about. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we have gotten feedback from employers that they don't want students to give an example of teamwork where they were working on a class project and there were four people on the team and one of the teammates wasn't doing their work, so they went to the professor and talked to them. That is not a good story to tell yeah. about, <laughs> about teamwork. Yes, you do. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I'm glad that you bring up that thought process of what skills to work on. Because so many people will read these sort of uh, pie charts and graphs and think they need to be eights or nines or tens on everything. And that's not the case coming out of school. And certainly for the entry person into the job market, a lot of times they may be at a six, but they have the opportunity to grow to that seven, eight, nine, ten. And it's just a progression that takes time. I I get questions from folks like, how do you know this? I'm like, because I'm old. (laughs) I've been at this for 20 years. So you have stories to tell. I'm Uh, like your grandmother. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I'm curious because you said you have the students rank themselves. Mm -hmm. And so how self-aware do you think they are? Like, how honest are they really are? Because that's another area where we sometimes are like, wow, that person is so clueless (laughs) because they don't really take that hard, honest look at themselves, which is really important in the workforce, frankly. So tell us, you know, that's a really good question because I think they inflate their skills. Mm, These, mm -hmm studies that NACE has done, it's really interesting because the the one where the students think they're the best is communication. Mm. And that's the one where the employers think they're the worst. Worst. But the (laughs) other one, you mentioned technology. The employers rate the students higher on technology than the students rate themselves. Wow. Well, well, think about it. It's the old people that are ranking the younger people. And let me tell you, my son gets many calls for tech support from me. So I can see how, you know, to them, that's like, oh, that's just normal. But to us, I could see us ranking 
taking them higher on that. That makes a lot but of sense. But some of the technologies that the young people use, sure, they're, they're phones, you know, and Snapchat and Instagram, but they may not know a platform that one of your clients right. is, mm-hmm. is going to have to teach them. Mm-hmm. But they, in turn, have to talk about how they learn a new software platform. What's yep. their process? So that the potential employer can trust that they can learn whatever they need to know for their job. I was listening to a conversation the other day about, it was from my son, he was talking to his friend about his parents don't know how to use technology (laughs) and mom does, but dad doesn't. And I said to him, think about it. You grew up with touchscreen. That's your whole life. Your parents have 40 plus years without it Mm -hmm. or however many years. I'm making them older than they are. Sorry, but it's, it's a whole context of what we grew up with and where we're at these days. Now, you mentioned NACE. Tell our listeners what that is. NACE stands for the National Association of Colleges and Employers. So it is a group of both employers and career professionals. And it's really important that we all work together so that we can make sense of what the employers are looking for and how we can better prepare as career people, prepare these students for career readiness for the future. They're a professional association, so they offer webinars and conferences and trainings from everything you can think of, from diversity in the workplace to Mm -hmm. uh, trends in, in higher ed. And one of those, you just actually described it, Tom, and you probably didn't even know that you did this. But I am really interested in the concept of growth mindset. Okay. Are you familiar with that? Mm -hmm. And it's the work of um, a psychologist at Stanford University whose name is Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K. Just Google her. And it's a, a mindset, a thought process where some people have a fixed mindset and others have a growth, growth mindset. mindset. Yep. And fixed means I can't do this. I was never good in math. I can't do math. And growth means failure doesn't mean failure. It mm. means you can give yourself um, the opportunity to get better at it. She even gives an example of a high school in Chicago, I think, where the way they grade their students is A, B, C, D. If they fail, they just write not yet, which mm. I think is the coolest thing yep. be- yeah. because it just demonstrates that you can grow into whatever it is that you don't it's a good know. Book. Yeah. You should read it. Oh, Absolutely. did you read it? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm familiar with the concepts. Yeah. And yes, I'm not a big fan of books. I prefer to listen oh, to my joke. books. Okay. Yes, that was a joke. I'm, spreadsheets and books. No. I, I, and I'm, I'm very literate. Don't get me wrong. However, I prefer them to be read to me via okay. Audible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, you know, there's so many out there. It's yes. almost like it's overwhelming. I yeah. guess that's where I am. I'm yeah. overwhelmed with yeah. books. But, but you already have that mindset. Right. right, exactly. We look at our business yeah. and how people learn and, right. and develop and grow. It's always looking at what can you do yes. more, mm-hmm. not necessarily from you're doing this poorly, mm-hmm. but you can add to the portfolio. You're adding, you have all the space in our heads <laughs> in this big block we call a brain. There's just so much more we can do. Yeah. So what if you had a student or say, let's, let's, let's turn the tables a little bit. So we have an employer mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the, the mindset piece of it now. So we have an employer that sees potential in a student. So they hire them, but that student has that fixed mindset over the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. How, how would you give them advice on how to coach or mentor them to kind of move away from that fixed, I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. to that growth, not yet, 
I'm getting there. Yeah. I will learn that. You know, Mary, it has to do with confidence. Yeah. And I think the students talk, many talk themselves out of being able Con- to do yes, something. I, I agree. even hear it when I'm talking to students in my office before they graduate. Yeah. They're nervous. Like, I don't know how to do that. Why would they hire me? And yeah. as far as an employer mentoring them, I think feedback is really important. That, mm-hmm. that they don't just let the person like run amok in their office, but talk to them about the way they presented in a meeting or the way they're interacting with a client or their time management yeah, and, and making decisions mm-hmm. on what should I get done first and for whom. Yep. So I, I would say feedback and... I know there's a perception that students need, young people need constant awards and pats yeah. on the back even <laughs> to get through a day. And I'm not a big fan of doing that constantly, but I think once in a while to say, you know, you've really grown in the last six months and, you know, I appreciate sure. that you're now more comfortable presenting. At right. A meeting, for Absolutely. Example. No, yeah. I agree. And I do agree with you. We do run into that. But a thank you goes a long mm-hmm. way too, right? Mm-hmm. And that sometimes is enough that, you know, helps them, yeah. you know, keep pushing yeah. forward in the right direction. Yeah. So Suzanne, remind me again, how long have you been with the college? I feel like you've been there 20, my entire life. I'm coming up on 21 years. <laughs> okay, so wow. now you can my guess entire, my age. Almost my entire work career because <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. 25. Okay. 25 years. <laughs> I wish I was still 25. Oh God, do I wish I was still yeah. 25. But that's what I thought. Right. And right. Um, so what, what keeps you there? What keeps driving you to do this? I mean, my goodness. It, I I just, as trite as it may sound, I have always had a drive to help. And in Mm -hmm. this case, and I realized it when I was probably in my 30s, that I wanted to help young people Mm -hmm. because I could just see the challenges that they have. And the other trite phrase is every day is different, Mm -hmm. but it is truly different. (laughs) I never know who is going to walk in my office and what they're going to say. Here's one little story. Way back when I first started at Siena, I was a little nervous about meeting with students. Okay, you know, I used sure. to work in the recruiting right, profession. I, know, and I, I, know. I met with adults. Yeah. So this one young <laughs> woman walked in, closed the door, and she said, I'm pregnant. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, I think this I, the medical office is down the hall. <laughs> but, but Miriam, it impacted her career decisions. Yeah. Like, what do I do now? I have yeah. this job offer, and how wow. do I handle it? So that, that was a little surprise for me. Well, and kudos um, but, for her for stepping up yes. and asking, basically asking for help. Right, right, right. exactly. Right. I actually, do no, not that. everyone would. They go, you know, yeah, hide absolutely. under a rock yeah. or just. <laughs> and I didn't even have a reputation at that point. <laughs> yeah, you were. I think, I think now <laughs> students. I've, I've been told I'm approachable, so I think students are comfortable coming sure. and talking to me about yeah. many, many different issues. Oh, I'm sure. But, I'm sure. So, 21 years we mm-hmm. said at the college. So you could probably write a book. I could. I could. And would the book be a fun book? Would it be a scary book? Would it be a serious book? I think I would have different chapters to answer your question, honestly. Mm -hmm. I lean toward the funny because sometimes I just shake my head because they're they're unintentionally funny. They don't even know it. So here's an example. I do teach a class, and this is one of my favorites, and it's on helping students who have come into college undeclared, and they have no idea okay. what they want to do. Overwhelming. So I, I have think them, every student should come in undeclared, by the way. No, just, we, we do just talk about ahead. that. Yeah. So <laughs> I have an assignment for them where they have to go through all the Siena majors and cross off the ones that they absolutely are not interested in. And then as the semester goes on to choose one or two. So as you probably know, a lot of students are interested in forensics. 
because yes. they watch CSI, CSI. right? <laughs> so, and the, or NCIS, they want to be yep. Abby Shudo. So one of the students, and she was a first-year student, she started off talking about forensics, and I explained that most of the opportunities in forensics are really more of a science position, like a chemistry, yeah, DNA kind of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So she's doing her thinking, and then I have an assignment where they have to write about why they would like the career and why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So she talked about how she would like it, because of course they're all thinking, forensic psychology. Right. So TV is what they're thinking. Yes, they yeah. are. So yeah. why she would like it is she wants to learn how people think and why they would commit a crime. Here's my favorite part. Why she wouldn't like it is she grew up in a very small town and not too many people get murdered there. <laughs> and, you know, I was correcting her paper at home, but just as you're laughing, I laughed. And, you know, good woman, I don't mean to make yeah. fun of her, but oh, that's no, no, the no. mindset, that's, speaking of mindset. Yes, that's, yeah. 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 Well, if I was going to do this, I'd have to move to a much bigger <laughs> right. city. <laughs> Where there's oh, more boy. murders. Um, but uh, regarding other stories in the book, resumes are a big part of what we do with students. As yes. I said earlier, we don't write them for them, but we want to pull out of them. What did they do in a particular position or even community service experience? And they often, and that's where the competencies come in too, they often will write the obvious. So say somebody's working at Starbucks and they write, serve coffee to customers. Well, that (laughs) isn't helpful. We've all been in a coffee shop and we know what goes on. So we want to teach them to talk about teamwork and communication. But some of the statements on resumes, I have to practice a poker face because sometimes they're really funny. So I had one where the student had written he was an athlete and he had written that he was he meant to say he was a liaison between the coach and the players. Oh, no. And he said he was a lesion between oh. the coach <laughs> and the players. And you know, I had to gently say this is a typo and of course spell check wouldn't find it because it's right. it's a word and to explain that he has to be more careful and read it out loud and make sure yeah, he's you don't putting want to the be right a words no. not a lesion no how do you not yeah, recommend that yeah <laughs> and then another one was um, just this year the student grew up on a farm okay. and that's so interesting because you know he learned about hard work his father owned a business so yeah. much he could talk about yes yep. yes so one of, he had a couple good bullets, but one of them was making sure the cows are happy. <laughs> it's like, that's okay. not really appropriate on a resume. There's probably another way you can say it, but it was so cute because he probably does have to make sure that the cows right. are happy. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, 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 you know what? what I would have brought that guy into interview. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just saying farm girl and me is yes. coming out. Yes. And if he put on his resume that he was making cows happy, I'd need to talk to the guy, yeah. if for nothing yeah. else, to learn more about his Right, right, right. <laughs> well, and you see that both with the student population, but also folks that have been at it for 10, mm-hmm. 20 oh, yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of volunteer work with CRHRA and some of the other mm-hmm. HR, sure. like job fairs and so forth, where you just volunteer a couple hours to critique and folks oh, yeah. don't know how to give themselves credit for things. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah. always, always, I would always tell folks, write down a typical day like a diary, or keep a diary if they are at mm-hmm. the start of their search. Keep a diary of what you're doing every day, and then we'll go back to those notes, right? And again, I take the same approach. I'm not writing a resume. I look at enough of them on a regular oh, basis. God. I don't mm-hmm. want any part of it. But And once they start doing that, the, the ideas just start flowing, right. and yeah. you know, it's magic. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it's very overwhelming, especially people who've been out of the industry, or not out of the industry, They've, I meant to say, they've been working at the same job for so long that they haven't looked for a job. We've, we dealt a lot with that in do. the pandemic. Yeah. And so, you know, I tell everybody, 
you should always be updating your resume. I mean, my resume right now, if you said to me, Miriam, can I have a copy of your resume? I would be able to hand Mm -hmm. you a copy of my current resume. And I'm a business owner. I'm not looking for a job. But it's just, if I'm going to tell other people to do it, I feel like I have to do it myself. That's good advice. And also, you never know when you might be invited to speak somewhere and they want all the details Mm -hmm. on what you've done. Or sometimes proposals for work. Right, exactly. Um, And not necessarily just for recruiting, but I'm just saying in general, that happens frequently. So you should always have an updated resume. Any other resume gems? Those are the ones that stick out in my mind. I have a me gem, though. This is this is this is a perfect example of being more detail oriented when I wasn't. So I was speaking to a room full of parents for students who had been accepted, and the parents wanted to know, in our case, how can the career and internship center help them? Yes, because they want you to be a magician and make sure that little Sally walks out with a a diploma and a job offer. I'm so (laughs) glad you said that, Miriam, because we also have a little joke in our our office that a student will come in and they'll say, I'm looking for a job and I'm going to be in South Dakota and I want to be a cybersecurity, whatever. <laughs> and our joke is that we have a drawer and we pull oh. the drawer open and say, here's your job in South Dakota <laughs> to be a cybersecurity expert. You're so funny yeah. because I want to get back to your story yeah, about yourself, yeah. but you're so funny because we call it a people closet. Okay. <laughs> so I swear, I swear to God, you know, sometimes when employers will come to us with pretty difficult, yeah. outlandish stuff, we'll be like, hold one second. I have to go check the inventory <laughs> in the people closet. You know, because, yeah, it's the same type of concept. Yeah. It's like, oh, poof, there it is. Don't they call that some like a unicorn, a purple uh, unicorn purple, or something? Purple squirrel. Purple, purple squirrel. squirrel. That's, okay. that's one term for it. Um, the other one is obviously a unicorn. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, a lot of times like they're that. like, let me just, the you know. Closet. That's like the closet. reverse of what I'm saying. Yeah. I had the right. magic wand with that wizard hat. That was yeah. always my example. Oh, my God, I just had an image with you. With the big Mickey Mouse hat from Fantasia. (laughs) So I want to hear your story. Okay, so my story was I was representing how awesome we are in the Career Center (laughs) and how we work with your sons and daughters. And I also talked about how they, as parents, could assist students. Maybe they own a business or maybe they, they know someone who might be interested in taking an intern. So up on the screen, which I was standing in front of, said... You are, it was supposed to say, you are now a part of the Sienna family. And it said, you are not a part of the Sienna family. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see some scrunched up faces. Like, what the heck? And then my colleague was behind, like, driving the PowerPoint. And I turned around and saw her face. <laughs> and, of course, I felt very silly, but everybody laughed. But I think that's a really perfect example of having somebody else look at your work before yes, you present it. absolutely. But you know why I like that story? story is I find our younger generation, and I'm including my children in Mm -hmm. this, they're 20 and 22. They're both in college. My son is like going through, like last night we were joking that he was mad at life. And because he's just, you know, last year of college, he's worried about what's next. I was like, hon, just chill out. But my point is, is that I see so many of our younger kids 
afraid to make even one tiny mistake, that yes. it's going to be the end of life as they right. know it, right. end of the world as they know it. And how do we, how do we get them to overcome mm -hmm. that and understand, again, the growth mindset right. of making sure. So telling a story like that is like one like way. Even I made a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. We yeah. all make mistakes and yeah. that's how you grow. That's how right. you move forward. And that's what you do with the mistake, not Thank not, you. Not just Thank you. Go mind you, don't spell, don't spell not N-O-W you know, <laughs> 16 times, but, uh, or right, vice versa. Exactly. Now, I'm curious about something. I don't know how much time Please we have ask. here. Please ask. But with your children, are your children Same college age? age? Yeah. Okay. Do you ever hear them talk about their passion? Like, I, I want to do what I'm passionate about, mm. or that's not my passion. I hear no, that a lot I from never students. hear that. A little that. bit. Little bit. Okay. My younger one started with one major. He's moved over. He wants to be a game designer, yes. more on the artistic side. Yeah. And he started yeah. environmental engineering just because he cares about the environment, right. Right? right? I can remember when he was like six and I, I'll admit it, I flung a piece of gum out the window after <laughs> done chewing. And he's like, dad, what are you doing? That's going in the environment and spats out these statistics as a six-year-old would. I'm like, okay. And ever since then, never again, right. never spit it anywhere but in the garbage can. I'm like, parent guilt, child guilt. But yeah, he talks about that a little bit. The other, uh, other two... Are, they stick close to what they like the most. Okay. So uh, our oldest is very much cybersecurity, computers, okay, everything's yep. computers. They don't talk back to him. And mm, uh, mm -hmm. the, okay, I understand. The other yeah. is, is everything about him is you know he loves aerospace, and he's always mechanically trying to think about stuff. So it's it's fascinating to watch the when your kids are figuring something out. Yeah. They're some really smart children. Absolutely. I tell the science majors that I'm afraid of them because oh. I'm <laughs> a liberal arts major and my brain doesn't work so, that way. I always tell I always tell everyone. So my daughter, she's going to pharmacy school at ACP in the fall, yep. and she is a chemistry major currently, and you know valedictorian and 4.0. <laughs> and I'm totally bragging. So you might need to cut this out of the podcast. But anyway, I always say, well, she's going to use her talents for good or evil. <laughs> we shall find out because yes, yes I'm afraid of yes. her too when yes. it comes to yes. her knowledge and her ability to problem solve. And she has, I don't think I've ever heard her use the words passion, but she exudes it in her studies. Sure. I mean, this is a chemistry major who's got a 4.0 mm. and she just eats dreams breathes everything about science and chemistry. It's like what gets her up in the morning. So wow. she doesn't say it. I don't know if she realizes it, but that is her passion. Th that's a gift. And not every student can say that. No. And I think some of the students, you know, this is an undergraduate institution. So some of the students might have a roommate like your daughter. And then they're all concerned because they don't, don't know, know what they want to yeah. do. And, yeah. th and they're scared. There's a podcast and a gentleman I really enjoy listening to is Cal Newport. Mm -hmm. And okay. he, he has a, a books and a podcast. And his theme, a TED Talk, is Ooh. why following your passion is bad advice. And I use that in the class that I teach. Because it implies that your passion is innate. Yeah. And that... You can only do one thing, right. and you should know what it is. And he goes on to tell a story about Steve Jobs and how he kind of stumbled into, he had this little idea about Apple, and it just took off, but that he got passionate about it as it grew. Exactly. But he didn't, you know, when he was six years old, he may not have been I'm going to make something one, that nobody ever thought right, of. Yeah. Right. But so you, just like growth mindset, you grow into the passion. Like, what can you do to become an expert or somebody who has energy around right. an And that's idea. what it comes down to, right? It comes down to the energy. And it's interesting because I would 
my son would need to hear the it's okay to not follow mm-hmm. your passion because I think he's still trying to figure okay. out life, And he looks right? at his sister, right? And, he, and I think he does. He, yeah. we, all, we have a joke in our house and I'm sure you've heard the saying before and he just looks at her and he goes, you're just built different. And you know what? And that's okay. Yeah. And that's so, so yeah. we do a lot of reassurance yes. for him to understand yes. that you please do not compare. We actually worry about her sometimes, frankly, because she's so intense. Yes. Like, like I said, good or evil. She could go either yeah. way and snap. So yeah. just saying. Yeah. <laughs> As we wrap up, first of all, thank you so much I'm for sure sharing yeah. um, your insight and some great stories with us. One, I just want to put a plug out there for Sienna. We were counting the amount of hires that I have made for Alant through Sienna College. And let me tell you, you're doing a great job. You You are doing a phenomenal job. And it's just, you know, I hope other employers and organizations can take a look at these programs. Because when I tell you you're doing a phenomenal job with these kids... Holy crow. You, you know, really two are. of your hires, more recent hires, actually worked in our office. I know. That's part they of the were, reason why we hired yes, them. Abby and Christina. Christina. Yes. Mm-hmm. They and they're both doing phenomenal. And Abby's an example of an environmental studies or environmental yes, sciences major. That's correct. Who, and I know you know she loves bunnies. Oh, but yes. She's an yeah. animal activist. Yes. Yeah. But she always thought she was going to do something in environmental science. And I think it was her work with us and you recognizing her work yeah. with us where she understood careers and resumes and recruiting that really got her into this field, which... I know you know, but she loves it. She is so happy. She's so good at it. And she's, I always call her my silent assassin. And I, the (laughs) reason. Does she know that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) The reason I call her that is because she's just off in the corner. I don't want to say in the corner. I don't, I don't put anyone in a corner, especially not baby. Right. right. But (laughs) I always say to her, you know, she'll just be working away. She doesn't like tout her own horn all mm-hmm. very much. She doesn't, you know, not she's, we have a bell and you ring the bell when you make placements and we have to like kind of force her to do yeah. that because she's just doing her job mm-hmm. and she's doing it brilliantly. But yeah, so and all of a sudden she'll be like, oh, I just made 10 placements this week. It's like, <laughs> where the heck did that come from? Yeah. Right. And that's, that's so yeah, Abby is, I'm glad to hear that you yes. have that yes. feedback because Abby's also yeah. someone who she's just heads down, just yeah. getting her work done. So serious. Her very too. first six months there, I ran into her in Starbucks. Of Sorry course. Sorry for no. the plug there, but yep. she came up to me with the biggest smile. And I think you were having like a holiday Oh, probably. Party awards yeah. thing. Yeah, probably. And she was just glowing. And I think she was being recognized. Yeah. That makes me happy to see Aww. the big smile and yeah. to know that someone has, has found their passion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, that's, especially yeah. in our industry. I mean, right. how many of us dreamt of being in this human resource mm-hmm. realm? I didn't even know what it meant. I didn't know. I, I no never clue. knew it was a term. Yeah. yeah. And sort of fell into these yeah. things. But we we have the benefit of always thinking about reading between the lines. And I know you can see that too from the career services side, seeing between the lines of what this student, what this person has to offer and applying it to something else. Hey, you know, what you bring here fits this, or you Mm -hmm. might consider this and just planting some seeds and off and running they go and they flourish and do fantastic things. So So before we end... Um, we always like to hear what other things are you involved with okay. outside of work? Mm-hmm. What other passions, since okay. we're on that term, might you have? Are there any organizations yes. on a nonprofit or charitable yes. side that you'd yeah. like to talk about or at least make a mention of? Because we may not have heard of them. Sure. And I think that most times, and I've seen this even with students choosing careers, that you're influenced by something that has happened in your family. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had a sister with a disability. Mm-hmm. So I am always very... Um, attentive to that 
Mm-hmm. I also have someone in my life who's on the spectrum for autism, and I'm attentive to that. So support like Equinox is an organization yep, that absolutely. helps people with disabilities and also people who are fall probably into the mental health category. Mm-hmm. And mental health affects everything, you know, homelessness, ability to do daily living. Yep. And so I, I lean toward organizations that serve those people. Excellent. And even at Siena, I'm particularly sensitive to students with what I call invisible disabilities. You mm-hmm. know, when you think of a student who's physically disabled and in a wheelchair, you probably could find and place it. that mm-hmm. student, that person very easily as long as the accommodations were there. But a student who is saddled with social anxiety or is someone on the spectrum for autism, they have some issues about yeah. communication. And I feel they have a right to work just like Absolutely. the neurotypical people. But mm-hmm. we have to educate the employers about these issues mm-hmm. and Agreed. help them to open their minds, but also understand, for example, with a person like that, that they can't have a traditional interview mm-hmm. and like ask questions like, tell me about yourself, because the person would be very, very literal in what they said. Right. So the advice now is that the employer present a problem for the person to solve rather than just firing questions at yeah. them. Yeah. So Interesting I'm, approach. Yeah. 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 We talk about it a lot in our office because it's what you just said, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of times it it manifests itself or it presents itself as something like not being able to communicate or, you know, the, the eye contact thing drives me batty. Do you mean that they can't? Or well, that, yeah, the, yeah, you know, they didn't yeah. make eye contact yeah. or, you know, all of these, these little nitpicky things that employers can oh. use to eliminate someone. And I, th- I think we have to continue mm-hmm. to talk about it because I think we are overlooking and I, when I say me, I just mean the general population mm-hmm. of employers. They may be overlooking some amazing talent. Their strengths. And the ability to because focus they're, and because they're too solved. focused on, yeah. you know, yeah. an interview question. So. You should refer your employers who say that to read a book called Look Me in the Eye. Ooh. And that's exactly what it's about, that this Interesting. now grown man went through his elementary school where teachers would say, young man, look me in the eye. And it was not something that he could do. Wow. It's, it's really a, a fascinating look at somebody's life. I would get in so, trouble for looking my dad in the eye. <laughs> I would get yelled at. Don't look at me in the eye. Because <laughs> he thought I was, I don't know, that must have been like equivalent to swearing at him or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Challenging, standing mm-hmm. up. And, you know, it w- doesn't go unsaid. My parents were like six inches shorter than me. So probably <laughs> had something to do with that as well. But yep, always, yep. I always look off into space when I'm having conversations with folks, mostly from a creative juices, that's where things populate. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm sure it sets some folks. You do do that a lot now that I think about it. Yeah. It never even occurred to me until yeah. you said it. So now I'm going to be aware of it. Yeah. Oh, well. Even on camera, I'm just like, I'll, I'll find a spot on the screen. Right. I'm like, oh, okay. all right, this is, this is my daydream okay. spot, so to speak. But it helps me just focus on things. And I, I use toys. But there's other folks, they have their own manifest of... Um, whatever is going to keep them in the sandbox without it spilling mm-hmm. over. And I know uh, your sister had a great video and we'll have to share that back in our social feed when we get to the notes for this mm-hmm. about being in that neurodivergent world and what pushes somebody over the top yeah. where they just have, they have no more bandwidth to consider yes. things. So yes. thanks yeah. for bringing those up. Yeah, I'm going to sure. look up that book and put it in our notes. Absolutely. Okay. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been fun, informational and employers out there Go talk to Suzanne. She's got tons of great students that are looking for opportunities and you will not regret it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
So, Tom, I want a job where I make cows happy. <laughs> that was the one of the funniest <laughs> stories I've ever heard. You know, she talked about a lot of great things, and she had yep. a bunch of stories. I was expecting one or two, but the cow story took the cake. Definitely. But you know what I loved about this conversation is I think it was really important for employers to hear it, parents of college-age kids that are about to graduate and enter the workforce, what's important, what possible supports are out there from them, for them, excuse me, at like Siena College or other colleges do have great programs too. So I know we focused on Siena because it was Suzanne, mm -hmm. but there is other colleges. There's the, in, in our area, we are blessed with a number of great colleges. So um, definitely look into those career services programs for employers that are looking for great talent, but also know what the colleges are out there doing to help get these kids ready to go work for various employers. And I love how she talked about making mistakes herself. I think that's super important for everyone to hear, not just young people, that it's okay to make a mistake and learn from it. But no, it was a great conversation. We could have talked to her for about four 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Probably longer. Yeah. And, and I like that you phrased that everyone could benefit. I think this is one of those opportunities where we'll make the shameless plug. Coerce, influence your friends and colleagues and other managers in your organizations to listen to these conversations because one of the things we talked about was that book, Look Me in the Eye. Absolutely. I'm going to look that book up because I want to learn more about it. That sounds fascinating to me. Yeah. So, no, it was a good conversation. I was glad we had it with her. Fantastic. Well, listen for more HR in the car next time and we'll bring you more fabulous guests.